You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Yeah, it came from, you know, seeing the European festivals and thinking, oh, my never, my band will never get that big. I wish I could play a festival. Uh, and then my co-founder, Jesse, went to Vakken one year. He came back, talked about how great it was. And then I saw something come up in Kamloops, a little underground metal festival called Metalocaloops. And I went out to that and it was just some guys rented a generator set up in the woods. I don't know if they had permission to do it or not. It was suddenly attainable. Like, this is a festival, but I I could do this. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound, Talent, Media, and Evergreen Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. I hope that you've all been having a killer week. I most certainly have been. Now, in today's artist spotlight, I'm very stoked to be shining some light on Nomad. Get ready, everyone. Here is their killer track, Blood Moon. <laughs>
Progressive death metal band from BC, Canada. They are all over the place, as you just found out. Gotta love bands that explore multiple genres, and Blood Moon is definitely the purest progressive death metal song of Nomad's record, The Mountain. If you enjoyed Nomad, you should definitely go check them out. I have put the link to do so in the description of this podcast. If you like experimental progressive metal, well, trust me, you're going to enjoy Nomad. Go check them out and support them. Massive cheers to Nomad for being a part of the Vox and Hops Artist Spotlight. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I'd be super stoked if you were to rate it and write a review about the podcast. Now, why do I want you to do that? Well, when people are looking for new podcasts to listen to, what do they do? They scroll down, they check out the ratings, they read the reviews, and if those reviews are super favorable and say that the podcast is amazing, that I have the best guests, that I'm a great host, well, they will most probably give that podcast a chance. So by you writing an amazing review for the podcast, you might actually sway someone's decision to become a brand new Vox and Hops head, and that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, today on the podcast, I'm very stoked to be with Brett Melanson and Sean Langlands of the Armstrong Metal Fest. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 416. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I'm very stoked to be with Brett Melanson and Sean Langlands from Armstrong Metal Fest, a very cool festival that I'm very stoked to be a presenting sponsor of, Vox and Hops. That being, uh, Cryptopsy played, headlined back in 2013. Uh, a lot of really cool things have happened since then. I've been friends and keeping in contact with Brett for a long time, the whole 10 years, 10 years ago this summer. Isn't that crazy? I met Brittany from Unleash the Archers there. I hung out with um, Ash from Revocation there. He brought some Red Racer IPAs there. We drank a whole bunch of those. He like showed up with like a, a wagon full of beer, if I remember correctly. Um, I have a very cool anecdote about that fest, but we'll get into that later. Let's start with a very simple, how are you guys doing? Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm very tired because I had a gig last night with my band. But uh, I got up early, and I'm excited to be recording this podcast with you. You, Sean, how you doing? Doing great. Uh, it's been quite busy with, you know, the months leading up to the festival. Um, yeah, thanks for the suggestion for grabbing a beer for this uh, for this episode. Uh, it's early for you guys. You know, you're on the other coast, so I know it's like 10 a.m. for you guys, so I appreciate the sacrifice of your Saturday. Brett and you were out late playing a show last night, you know, like... I won't feel sorry for you because I haven't played in a long time. I'm slightly jealous. Let's get straight into it, though. Vox and Hops is all about hanging with my metal friends, talking about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. Uh, what are you sipping on, Sean? You just took a sip. What do you got on your side there? It is uh, Whistler Brewing, uh, Brewing Mountaineer Pilsner. So, yeah, crispy I usually just pick up. Oh, so crispy. And, you know, eight pack for 16 bucks. Craft, nice, well-balanced beer. Hell yes. You, Breton, what do you got going on? I'm about to crack a Jongleur Wit Beer from Strange Fellows Brewing. Nice. It's a. It says spicy, aromatic, and hazy on it. Wit beer it should be like like clovey and banana and yeah. 
got like that sort of vibe to it, but be super cloudy, I would imagine. On my side, I was hanging out last night at La Brosse before the cattle decapitation after party at Vis Versa uh, because La Brosse are super cool, ran by a guy named Troy. Um, he is sponsoring, donating some beer to my very good friend Katrina's uh, high school parent committee. That's right, a high school needs craft beer for the parents. That looks good. Proper glassware, Britain. I love it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I went there last night and we picked up a bunch of cases of beer, which he donated to the Rosemary High School comedy show that's coming up uh, next week. By the time this comes out, it's already over. So thank you, Troy, for that. But I picked up this. Um, Labras has been around for six years at this point. They just switched brewers, and the beers are very, very good right now. So this is their Mono Hop series, their Groove series, they call it. This is Motueka, which is a New Zealand hop. It's 6.5, I want to say. Uh, as I'm pouring this out, I would love to hear about your first beer. So let's start with you, Sean. Like around, you know, in my teens, it would be Okanagan Springs Pale Ale. Um, you know, it was... Uh, it had a well-balanced, uh, hoppy taste to it. I still like Okanagan Springs, honestly. Like, we had it um, in our beer gardens a few years back, and uh, mixed reviews, but I don't think it's a bad beer, to be honest. At least your first beer is still a beer that you gravitate towards. For myself, my first beer doesn't exist anymore, and I'm sure I wouldn't like it because it was the cheapest shit we could get back in 1998 or 1999 when I started drinking. Cheers to you guys. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. That Motoek is so fucking hoppy on the nose, juicy, tropical, mango, almost like herbaceous a bit, super crushable, body, amazing, creamy, very nice. Labras. Check it out, people. How about you, Breton? First beer. My first beer would have been, you know, just a sip of dad's either Corona or Coors Light. Those are his brands. When I was, you know, real young, like six or seven you have one sip and you, it's like, oh, why do adults like that? That's like death metal. <laughs> yeah. I say it on the podcast all the time, but the first time I heard Cryptopsy was my good friend, Luke Orr, um, showed me them on the train going back to Two Mountains, and I did not understand what the hell was going on. It was none so live with Martin Lacroix vocals, Phobophile, and didn't get it, and craft beer, same shit, or beer in general, did not understand. It was like a means to an end. Let's have a party, let's make some crazy bad decisions, and you needed alcohol at 16 years old to do that for some reason. <laughs> Talk to me about uh, the soundtracks of your youth, a classic Box and Hops question. Uh, when you were growing up in your parents' or guardian's house, what music was playing when you guys were not in control of the radio? What did your parents and guardians listen to? Start with you, Breton. Hopefully uh, his, uh, you know, Cores and Corona is okay, but maybe he had better musical taste than his craft beer taste. The CDs in the car that I remember, there was... A Garth Brooks CD. It's so funny. It keeps coming up on the podcast, Garth Brooks, like so much recently. It's so funny. Uh, the Thunder, my dad loved it. Thunder Rolls. That's, I keep saying it. It's like I keep finding myself talking about Garth Brooks. That was on the album, and that was my favorite song on the album. Hell yes. There was a Best of the Beach Boys on there, and there was this classical mixed CD or like compilation. And I remember. Rocking out in the backseat with my brother to the saber dance. Very bombastic, very fast. Yeah, but I remember just about having a mosh pit in the backseat when I was you know, six or seven years old with my little brother. The seatbelts were optional. <laughs> we had our seatbelts on, but we would thrash back and forth and bump into each other. How about you, Sean? What, what, did your parent, what were your parents into? I was raised by my mother. Her musical tastes were very... Uh, very bland. Uh, I've honestly just erased it from my memory because uh, there wasn't any too, you know, too prominent, exciting, you know, gravitating towards that music. Um, but, you know, she listened to Enya and all that sorts of stuff. But that was that one CD that was, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. There's a select few, like, Dance Mix 94, 95, that my wife and I still, like, pound those tunes like for sure it's good good cleaning music for sure yeah exactly good cleaning music um <laughs> but it wasn't until like i watched this jackie chan movie like when i was 15 or something um i had to discover metal on my own so uh -huh. and let the body sit the floor that was the first metal song uh first shows um we're building up to talking about why you run a festival talk to me about your first shows discovering metal getting into metal what was your very first music experience start with you breton 
Uh, the first live concert I remember going to was the Moffats, Jan Arden, and Amanda Marshall in an outdoor concert at a place called O'Keefe Ranch out here in the Armstrong Vernon area. And I remember just not caring much about the music and being a lot more interested in the bungee trampoline they had there. Yeah, I can imagine why. But <laughs> so I would have been about 10, 11, 12 years old at the time. Sean, how about you? First live music experience. Mm, I think it was Def Leppard, uh, which was pretty sweet. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, leveling up, the next one was um, Judas Priest over yes. in here uh, with Anthrax opening up for them. So that was... Yeah, that was pretty so cool. So in Vernon. Vernon is a big enough city to accommodate big shows like that. Uh, just barely. Okay. Just barely. <laughs> you wouldn't think it would be. It's it's about 50,000 people, I think. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, those shows don't come through much. Are you, I, I know, Brett, and you're a musician. Talk to me about your first time on stage. Do you remember your first show? Uh, well, after the high school talent show, where I was in five of the nine bands that were in the high school talent show... You were like the drummer of the high school. There was there was two of us. That's so funny. And then the last band we both played, and we just got every musician there to come out and the collaboration. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you don't consider high school a real show because I feel like I had just started, and it was like practicing for shows. Mm. And then afterwards, we had the first show where you know we talked to a promoter book a venue or the promoter booked a venue getting into all the the logistics of setting up a show so that would have been when i was in odin fist so what was that show like do you remember that show where were you ready were you prepared having been in every band in high school you must have been a bit prepared yeah i feel like i was prepared the sound guy wasn't i had two kick drums he had one kick mic one of those uh, and then I learned about triggers that night from the other drummer who had two kick drums and had a trigger set up. You were like, you were like, don't trust anyone. <laughs> but it was it was a good show. Uh, I was in film school at the time, and I had some of my classmates film the whole thing. So that show is on YouTube. Mm, for good or for bad, I'm I'm happy my first show is not on YouTube. I can see how far I've come. I'm very happy that. The internet didn't exist when I was in high school, and that YouTube wasn't around when I started with Cryptopsy, because those first Cryptopsy tours, I was atrocious. Just, just, I needed to grow into becoming a death metal vocalist, and I feel like I'm finally comfortable. If we can jump back to first shows yeah, that it. we've been yeah. to, the first um, show at a bar where I was old enough to get into the bar was you. No. Was it that tour with Origin? Yes. Was it in Upper Vancouver? What's it called? Uh, Kelowna? Does that make sense? Kamloops. It was in Kamloops. That was a horrible show. It was so bad. I liked it. That was a horrible show. The PA blew up. I remember that night. But that show was fucked up. That, 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 the PA was shit. I couldn't hear myself. I remember. I guess that I learned a lesson that night, too, that I need in-ears. So, <laughs> which is, I liked your intro sample where you have the guy making fun of... That was a big mistake. We will talk about... We can talk about that. And I, I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast. We might have spoken about it a bit. We were on tour... In Europe, it was my first tour with Cryptopsy in May 20, 2008. And the backlash of The Unspoken King was coming out online on SMN news forums, which is dating <laughs> the internet. <laughs> and we got really drunk as things happen. And we came up with this idea that we're going to do this shit. And then we came home. We had three days off, I think. Like, arrive home, had a day off. And then, a, then we were leaving the next day to go to Summer Slaughter. So me, I went with my wife, Jessica, who I'm still with. We have kids now. Um, went to Kristen Donaldson's studio on my one day off to record that. Which was us pretending, and I did all the voices, pretending to be a, an, an internet troll. Basically, that's like, meh, Cryptopsy sucks, meh, clean singing, blah, and then pretending that everyone that's making fun of us lives in their parents' basement and their mothers are still making them dinner. When we premiered that in Detroit on Summer Slaughter, all the bands were side stage dying. They, they ate it up with this. It was a funny idea. 
but it was extremely disrespectful to the Cryptopsy fans. And I feel like hindsight, you always like see things clearer. It was a huge mistake from the band, and it made the impact of The Unspoken King was so much worse because of that intro. It was funny. It was fun. We could have like done it for ourselves, but to showcase it and have it be the first song that plays on MySpace back in the day was not a respectful thing to do. So long story just to go, Sean, are you a musician? Have you ever played a show? So yeah, I'm not really a musician, more of a creative, like I will jam. I love jamming, picking up guitar, guitar, Uh, guitar. Yeah. Guitar around a campfire. Um, there was hopes and dreams. We wrote songs and it was just like, we found a rhythm and we went with it. You know, there was a lot of weed involved, a lot of beers involved. Like it was just a ritual of sorts. So, but it never, it never really came together as a band. Um, but, uh, we did play one, uh, basement gig and that was a lot of fun. Armstrong Metal Fest is coming up July 14th, July 15th, two day festival. I headlined it. It was a fucked up day. We'll talk about that. Let's start with that. Zimmer's Hole had played, and they set the roof on fire <laughs> of the arena. What's that story? Tell me about that. The the band was West of Hell, but it's the same singer. Yes, thank you. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. So that's the reason we have to put no pyro in big letters when we contact <laughs> bands now. Because um, what, what is he? He like grinds metal? Isn't that what he West grinds of- metal for? for their stage show some of the time yeah he's just got a looks like a mic stand but it's just a vertical chunk of metal and he gets an angle grinder out and sends sparks into the crowd why did you build a metal festival why you're a drummer you were in like so many bands you you did like from myself's perspective did you build this because you want to play a festival that's successful with all these bands yeah um it yeah it came from you know, seeing the European festivals and thinking, oh, my, never, my band will never get that big. I wish I could play a festival. Uh, and then my co-founder, Jesse, went to Vakken. The best. Yeah. One year. So good. He came back, talked about how great it was. And then I saw something come up in Kamloops, a little underground metal festival called Metalocalypse. And I went out to that and it was just some guys rented a generator set up in the woods. I don't know if they had permission to do it or not. It was suddenly attainable. Like this is a festival, but I, I could do this. And I talked to Jesse cause I know he's, he's got good connections. He was, he is the bass player in Odinfist. You, you you threw this idea towards him. What was the first year? How many years has, has AMF been happening? How many years has Armstrong been happening? Let's let the, the listeners know. The first year was 2009. My God, okay. At my parents' farm. We set up flat deck trailers as the stage. We ran extension cords from dad's shop. Dad cooked burgers on his own birthday for everyone we had 11 bands from yes the okanagan scene he's gonna be cooking burgers again this year uh he's part of the lions club in armstrong amazing who are doing a burger so it's all local bands just just you you had to start and just make it happen to have a precedent at what point did you think it was okay to start and how did you grow this into what has become like contacting booking agents and getting that to go yeah well year two we upgraded from two flat deck trailers to four flat deck trailers wow still like four stages or like you just made the stages bigger two stages um like one flat deck trailer in the back with the drums on it and then one with all the guitar players in front of that Uh, building canopies to put over is that something you learned like right away like like because of did it rain the first year or uh no just trying to be prepared but in the process of doing that we were using my dad's tractor and the emergency brake failed and it rolled down the hill into my dad's trailer no with a giant spike on the front for lifting up hay bales and now the wheel on dad's trailer has an extra hole in it. <laughs> so that was the last year you did it on the farm. That was the last year we did it on the farm, yes. 
Uh, the next year we went to the location it's been ever since, the IPE grounds in Armstrong in the Hassan Memorial Arena. Uh, the IPE is a huge fair that comes to Armstrong every year. It's got hundreds of thousands of people through the gate. Really, was that like the the uh, like when you were conceiving this at the beginning? Was a goal to have it an IPE? Was that like something that you conceived, like you were like putting into the universe, and you've achieved that in year three? No, uh, we we weren't picky about where we were going to have it. You were you were happy with the farms. I think if I played the farm stuff, it's cool, and Wacken, Wacken's at a farm. Yeah. So it, it makes sense there. But to have facilities there, like toilets, yes, is helpful. Like, What did you do the first two years for toilets? Did you bring, like, bring in porta-potties? Yeah. Damn. That's the worst day. If I'm, if I'm on tour, <laughs> you wake up, yeah. and you got to take a shit, and it's fucking hot out. And you're taking a shit in this sweaty ass porta potty. Yeah, the worst. It's like it's like a, that is not a cool. It's like like I'm as much as I want to go on tour again. These are these moments that I do not want to live again. I work in trades now, so I can relate. hundred percent. Year two was too big for mom and dad to let it happen on their property again. Was there that many more people, or is it just? Yeah, there was probably two hundred and fifty people. That's pretty good, man. Yeah. So, so it just kept growing and growing. You kept like booking many, many, many bands. Like setting up this episode, we had discussed in September because we've been talking about me sponsoring for a long time. I had such a good time in 2014. Just the experience, the way you were, just taking care of us, like so, so careful taking care of us. Uh, my anecdote that I was mentioning before, I'll bring it in now, is. We were in the hotel and we were going to record when I got home that the next day after coming back from Armstrong, uh, Detritus. And I recorded my vocals the next day, but I wrote the lyrics to Detritus in Armstrong, wherever our hotel was. And I wrote the whole song that weekend. And then I went home and me, Chris and Flo got into his minivan because he had parked it at the airport. We drove to his studio right after Armstrong. And I don't know if you remember that weekend, but we had a lot of fun. We lied down for not long. You lied down for less than us and drove us to the airport. And it was like the smog and the, the, the forest fires. So everything was fucked. I remember being on the plane coming to Armstrong from Vancouver with like first respondent and emergency like firefighter people that were on the plane because of all the forest fires. And then I recorded Detritus. And that's, that's the track that is Detritus now. I think that's so cool. I recorded the rest of Tome 1 much later, but Detritus was written in Armstrong. That's awesome. I It warms my heart to have that connection. So talk to me about building this fest and the complications that tie into creating a festival. Logistically, from my perspective, is Armstrong is out there. So it's not like Milwaukee Metal Fest that's happening today as we record this episode, which is dating the episode. Um... I was at the Halo Effect Unearthed show two days ago in Montreal. So all these bands have like planned tours to hit a festival. Armstrong is out there. How do you like like talk to me about the the complications and the struggles that you guys have hit over the years um, organizing a festival in such a remote place? Yeah, uh, we have to spend a lot on flights. (laughs) (laughs) We don't like doing that. this year, Fallujah booked a tour to come up to us, so that was awesome. See, that's cool. Is it tough to, to, to keep it going, to keep it creative? To You must have hit so many walls over the years, but you're still doing it. Yeah, uh, we've had some a few times where it financially did not do well. How does that work? Like You're at, you're at the point like where... You're gambling everything, and it's you have sponsors, you have vendors, you have bands coming up, you have to rent the the, the IP grounds, and you take a gamble, basically, like a promoter, basically, because you're a promoter. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, yeah, there was one year where I had just had a baby, and Jesse and Mike, who's no longer part of the organizing committee. But we definitely appreciate the work he put in for several years there. 
they went and got higher paying oil rig jobs to pay off Armstrong Metal Fest's bills and wow. they saved the day and kept us going. Did that like reorganize or reevaluate how you approach creating the festival for future years? Yeah, we we realized we can't grow too big too fast. The pandemic was this before the pandemic or after the pandemic? It was before the pandemic. Interesting, okay? Cuz the pandemic was definitely like a fuck up for everyone. Like just everyone was ruined. Yeah, no, we we had two years off because of the pandemic. Talk to me about this year specifically. What are you excited about? I like this. The lineup's sick. Two days. Fluja, Warbringer, Enterprise Earth, Veil of Anath, Senna's Passage, Nomad, other bands. Um, talk to me about this year. What is exciting for you? Was it hard to put together? You didn't invite Cryptopsy, but that's okay. I've been thinking about inviting you again. We don't want to repeat ourselves, but... Okay, I'm, I'm interested. Talk to me about this year, though. Talk, talk to me about putting this together, bringing bands together. Sean, Sean, I want to hear your voice. Go for it. Yeah, it's been a while. Okay, so I, I'm personally excited about, like, seeing the bands play. Zenith Passage, I, I'm a huge lover of Tech Death, so I'll be right in there. Tech Death is, like, what I show my friends that aren't into metal. Yes. Um, and they're like, wow, this is pretty groovy. Love it. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Download it. Plug it in. Metal ex- is exciting and diverse and not just meat and potatoes. <laughs> you know, I'm excited about, you know, each year we get tighter and tighter. Um, you know, just making the experience cohesive and, and fun for for attendees, really. Um, just making sure that they have a great time. Um, you know, uh, my primary role is the you know marketing graphic print design so you know uh, that plays a large part in everyone's experience and just getting the brand of amf out there um so it gets quite busy maybe not as busy as you know wrangling bands just in time but um you know we we all keep pretty busy and you know i'm mostly just stoked of the day of uh yeah i i live in armstrong I, I jump on my bike, you know, on Thursday, and I just ride down to the grounds and just be like, okay, where do we start? And uh, I just ride my bike around and just be as involved as possible. Um, everyone's in a great mood, and yeah, every year is better than the last. I love it. Something that scares me for you guys, and I can imagine myself, and when I do the brutal events, it's basically that, is that I'm so excited to, like... I book these bands, I get the bands going, but I don't get to enjoy anything. Do you get to enjoy it? Do you have any fun or are you working the whole time? Like that, like, cause there's always something, there's always a fire to put out, not a literal one, but hypothetically in BC there might be, but, um, do you get to have any fun at these festivals? Do, do have you organized it to have fun? Which is what I wanted to ask you earlier about you breton like driving us and being there have you like given away the responsibility but you're also not having that primary contact with the band which is very intimate which is why we're still friends have you delegated responsibilities we share driving duties with a few of us uh i still like taking some of it like we're friends because of that you know that like that's that's like so it's like a sensitive thing to give away because it's so intimate to like pick someone up at their hotel cryptopsy remembers you and armstrong metal fist in our minds and no disrespect to any of the other organizers cryptopsy's mind it's you because you drove us so hypothetically delegating that primary role might not be a good idea but at least with the headliners. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely take some of it because, you know, getting to be friends with Cryptopsy is an awesome perk from running this festival. Yeah, from from seeing me in Kamloops to having us crush that stage. It was a good night. Like, uh, we have fond memories of that night. What, you want to say something, Sean? Go for it. Yeah, so every year, like, we ramp up volunteers. So, like, like I said, every year we want to get tighter and tighter. So making sure that you know, there's no gaps in, in volunteers, everything runs smoothly. So that's a big help. Um, you know, Brett does a lot of leg work. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, I like to just float around on my bike and just help where I can, but, uh, 
yeah, there is a lot of, uh, you know, coordination to be done for sure. What is the future? What, what, do, what do you imagine or, or aspire to make Armstrong Metal Fest? Like, what is the ultimate goal? Is it Vakken, but in Canada? Is it, is it something sustainable? Is that realistic? Yeah, I, I can speak to that, uh, what, what I think it is. So it, it's not necessarily like, can we get the biggest band? Uh, it's like for me, it's the community, it's the culture, right? So that's the bands will come to you if you have the community. I want people to be talking about this between annual years. The biggest problem that you had to deal with, not from the band aspect, because I've been speaking as a band aspect the whole time, but we haven't been talking about the concert goer. What, what have you made better for the concert goer? This year, we're going to make food better. Last year everything was closed i i think that in talking about like making armstrong the best fucking thing ever your community is what you want to make it do so how are you making them feel comfortable feel good uh we are doing the beer garden that's like step one good beer um which i'm helping pick with breton food being open is very important because if you're drinking all day and being in the sun you need some food so what was the problem last year and how are you making it better I think there was like a sudden staffing shortage among all the restaurants in Armstrong. Uh, so a lot of them just couldn't open and there were... Okay, so it wasn't at the festival, it was like literally in the city. Yeah, because uh, we're kind of downtown Armstrong, walking distance to the amenities that Armstrong has. So you take over the whole city. Like, does Armstrong appreciate the festival? Absolutely. Uh, is it, is there an econ- economic... Boom. Okay, let's finish the what are you doing for to make the concert goer experience amazing and then we'll tackle the Armstrong community. More food trucks. So food on site so people don't have to leave. Yes. We're starting a little cafe called that we're gonna call the Goosehorn. I like that. In another building on the IPE grounds. Nice. You've had a little bit more to do with the Goosehorn, Sean. Yeah, so you know, people need their bag dice. They need their coffees, uh, water, all that, so they don't have to... So they could just stumble into a building just five feet away from their tent. I think I think it's important. It has to be comfort. It is. It should be yeah. easy, and you guys should be getting a cut of everything as like a business perspective, which is people listening, yes, in metal, we need to make money. So, so do not judge us wanting to make money. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just going to be our cafe. Very cool. Uh, talk to me about Armstrong. They weren't always very stoked about the festival. I want to hear about that. Yes, we need to thank Jesse Valstar for his wonderful way with words talking to the Armstrong City Council. Yeah, really? To make the first Armstrong Metal Fest that was happening in the town at the IPE grounds happen. What was the original name if it wasn't Armstrong always? It was Armstrong Open Air oh, to begin with. Okay. Like when you were on the farm? Yes. Okay. And then when the music was in an arena, I was like, oh, we can't call it Open Air anymore. So it got, just got changed to Armstrong Metal Fest then. Let's dance into the beer at Armstrong. You have a beer garden, which is why I'm involved. When I was there in 2014, I don't feel like you had a beer garden. I don't think it, I think it evolved after that. Talk to me about creating a beer garden at, at Armstrong. It was probably there. I think we've always had one. I think I was just drinking free beer from from Ash from Revocation. <laughs> the beer garden at Armstrong is kind of not our main focus because you're allowed to bring your own beer in your campsite. Nice. See, that's a selling point. Metalheads. Go to Armstrong, you bring your own beer. So we make sure there is a way for you to have beer in the venue, because you can't bring your own beer from your campsite. Into the venue, no, no, no. But uh, you can go back and forth, crush some beers in your tent, come back for the next band. It's always been there, ready for those who need it. Uh, And yeah, since you've gotten me into craft beer so much more... I appreciate your interest. I wanted to bring that in a little bit more, have some more options, something I wanted. I I wish that I was of more help. If it was in Montreal, if it was in Quebec, I would like be so easy 
but I'm not friends with everyone in BC, sadly. So, so we're, we've been like, I've been, you've, you've been sending me options of what's available, but you guys have a restriction to keep it at a 355 mo, which limits the selection. So I'm trying to create the best beer list available for the beer garden, and it's going to be killer. We're, we're I, I'm confident that with your tasting abilities, it's going to be beers they're going to enjoy. Talk to me about playing your own festival. It's something that was like a goal for you. You're doing it now. Is it still fun? Is it something that you're excited to do? Do you feel selfish putting yourself in a good place? Um, Nomads just dropped a record. Ben, I was with them last night, um, wrote a killer review on the Vox and Hops album review spot for the record. Talk to me about showcasing your own band on your festival. Is that something you're comfortable with or is it weird? Well, it was kind of the whole reason for starting it in the first place so it's not that weird uh we did take a step back jesse and i the two co-founders we decided there's going to be a rule that the same band's not going to play the festival two years in a row we take a year off now play every other year with our own bands talk to me about the future of the beer garden the the thing that if you were in quebec there i would have easily made like you a festival beer if you could have a festival beer what style would it be i don't know if i'm the right one to choose that now because the point i'm at in my craft beer journey it's i'd just be picking my favorite beer and it's maybe not everyone else's you're so nice you need to be more egotistical and just take control sean how about you what, what, what would what would the festival beer be yeah so yeah you can have options for sure i think think you're drinking a very good option and that's what my brain would gravitate towards i would gravitate towards a pilsner or a lager and and make sure that it's by a craft brewery so there's a little bit of hops in there right of that hoppy taste so so a crushable lager is definitely what i would suggest for you guys yeah if you could ever do your own like Armstrong Metal Fest beer, that'd be amazing. I feel like a Kolsch would be great, but then you get a bunch of people that don't know what that is. Something that people can drink all day. You sell it all. You put it in a, in a keg. No branding. You, like, you create like just the image of what the beer is. No cans. No printing of labels. It's just the illusion of grandeur, which is what I like to play with a lot there. Is, uh, and that would work. That would, that would be super cool. You could hypothetically rebrand anything that you have. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsins? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. I typically talk about mental health. Uh, mental health is important. Uh, if someone's not feeling well at your festival, where should they go? If someone like parties too hard, if someone drinks too much and is dehydrated, if someone like takes hallucinogenic drugs, which is their choice and they can do that, I don't encourage it. Uh, we have St. John's Ambulance on site and they are trained to deal with mental health crises. We also have Interior Health's harm reduction team that's going to be on site. And we do have a dressing room in the arena available if someone is having a bit of a mental health crisis and needs a quiet place to get away from everything. Um, one last question. Classic Vox and Hops wrap-up question. Uh, what are your hangover cures? Uh, electrolytes, man. Oh, yeah. Get those salts in there. That's... It's funny because the salts make you drink more water, which is why it works. Because you're basically yeah. just extra dehydrated. How about you, Breton? Uh, a quick workout and an ice bath. 
You look good, man. You've been working out. I like it. Have been. I've lost like 20 pounds. I can last... tell. I can tell. You look good. I'm fighting the hops. Um, everyone, get ready. It's coming up. Armstrong Metal Fest. It's a massive festival. Um, Northern BC. So goddamn cool. I've headlined it. It's one of my favorite Canadian festivals. This year is showcasing Faluyav, Warbringer, Enterprise Earth, Vela Panath, Zenith Passage, and Nomad, um, which you heard in the intro of this episode. Massive cheers to you guys. Thank you for hanging out with me. Um, the least thing I can do was showcase this festival. I'm a big fan. Uh, cheers to um, John Asher, killer publicist that's helping you guys spread the word. Thank you for hanging out with me. Massive cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Matt. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, I cannot love Armstrong Metal Fest enough. I'm beyond stoked to be a presenting sponsor of this festival. As I mentioned many times during this episode, I loved my experience there. I have become and stayed very good friends with Breton. We've communicated many times over the years since I played it. I've watched the festival just keep growing, and I am beyond stoked to even just be involved in it just a little bit, just a tiny bit, if I can shed some light on it. Anything I can do to help this festival it brings me great pleasure, so I'm damn stoked that I had a chance to sit down with Sean and Britton to talk all about this festival, to go in deep about multiple subjects about the festival. You should most definitely go to Armstrong Metal Fest if you can. It's on July 14th and 15th in Armstrong, BC, Canada. Go have fun. The lineup is incredible. You will not regret it. Massive Massive cheers to Breton and Sean for hanging out with me. I had a blast, and I hope that you guys did as well. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Funnel Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week that will contain all of the details of everything that has happened recently in the world of the Vox and Hops Funnel Podcast. You'll get to see which episodes I dropped recently. You will get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will get to hear about any projects I have in the works before I announce them to the public and you will get to see which albums the vox and hops album review crew have reviewed recently and you will also get to see which albums jerry monk vox and hops's metal architect has added to the brutal awakenings playlist if ever you're looking for new music to listen to trust me jerry monk has you covered on the vox and hops brutal awakenings playlist there is always a lot of things going on in the world of the vox and hops little podcast and i hate when you miss a single thing so please do me a favor and sign up to the mailing list the vox and hops little podcast Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a killer weekend. I will be back next week with one episode on Tuesday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.